Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is. And you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Cattle feeders face many challenges during the growing and finishing production phases. Genetics, weather, nutrition, and management can be key for producers. But ultimately, maintaining optimum cattle health, performance, and market timing sets the stage for profitability. I'm joined by Dr. Nathan Pyatt, who's a beef technical consultant for Elanco Animal Health. Nathan has been with Elanco since 2010. He conducts product research and beef technical support for customers in the upper Midwest with a focus on performance and economic improvement opportunities with Elanco, uh, feed additives, implant programs, and benchmark. He completed his undergrad in agriculture at Illinois State University and earned his M.S and Ph.D. in Ruminant Nutrition at the University of Illinois. He resides in Monticello, Illinois, with his wife and three sons. So, Doctor, what cattle performance trends are being reported by farmers and ranchers? Uh, thanks, John. First and foremost, wanted to say on behalf of Elenco, thanks for the opportunity to visit today. Certainly, cattle feeders can and do operate on very low margins in our, in our cattle feeding business. Measuring and managing costs, performance, and marketing are very critical to that bottom line. A recent review of the Elanco Benchmark Performance Database, which is a uh, cattle feeders or feedlot database that's been around since 1997, looking at performance, growth, and health trends, it basically looked at some of those trends specifically over the last decade from since 2009. And so feedlot cattle have uh, been sold at increasing final body weights. Uh, many of the data would suggest that you know, seven to nine pounds each year for both steers and heifers is what our increased outweights have been, or finished body weights have been for the feedlot phase. But often we require longer days on feed to achieve those added weights, if you will. So as little as one to two days per year, but over a couple of years, that adds up to weeks of added days on feed to get to those heavier outweights. Average daily gain has been maintained or even slightly improved year over year, um, around about 0.16% per year. So right at or above inflation rate, if you will. But feed conversion or feed to gain ratios have been quite variable or volatile uh, where there's some stretches where we have good progress and other stretches where we give that all back and don't perform at improved rates. Oh, so what are some of the driving causes for these cattle trends? Yeah, incremental improvements around cattle genetics, nutrition, management, as well as adoption of new or proven technologies are still very important to uh, these inflation rates or these improvements in the industry. Fed cattle prices have uh, improved in recent years, making the value of each additional sellable pound more important. When cattle are young and lighter weight, we're putting on lean protein gain, which can be very efficient for an animal growth or even us as ourselves as humans. Um, But as cattle are fed to heavier weights and fed longer days on feed, 
the efficiency of those animals and the cost of gain to get those added weights becomes a, a strong challenge uh, for cattle feeders. So composition of gain shifts from protein or, or efficient lean gain to fat deposition, which can be much more challenging and create poor feed conversion and be much more expensive from a cost of that gain uh, perspective. So cattle feeders have continued to optimize dose and timing of certain technologies like implants, ionophores such as Remensen, or beta agonists such as Optiflex. And Optiflex specifically, a beta agonist is utilized that last 28 to 42 days, or last four to six weeks before that animal goes to harvest or slaughter to maintain gain and efficiency when those cattle are slowing down biologically and adding more fat. Well, that seems helpful. Now, what is Optiflex? Yeah, Optiflex has been a feed ingredient that's been around for over 15 years. Uh, it allows us to feed cattle uh, and produce more high-quality lean meat with less fat. And so Optiflex is a feed additive technology that improves feed efficiency and adds pounds of beef while maintaining an animal's ability to still grade USDA choice and prime or better, helping to meet our marketing and profitability goals as a cattle feeder. Optiflex has a zero-day withdrawal, which means we can feed that product right up to the time of delivery to the packer. And it allows us to have a flexible dose and duration so that we can deliver that Optiflex benefits with uh, the management options and, and most flexibility to market timely decisions and managing and marketing your cattle uh, as the market changes. Well, how does it work, the Optiflex? How does it work? Yeah, the active ingredient in Optiflex is ractopamine hydrochloride. It's a beta adrenergic agonist. And so we've heard beta agonists or beta products out there on the human side as well. But this is a feed additive that's approved in cattle, uh, swine, as well as turkeys that, again, makes cattle, in this case, able to produce more with less in terms of the food they eat. So ractopamine binds to the beta receptors, which are present in both muscle and fat, but it essentially stimulates the molecule binds and stimulates um, lean protein growth in the muscle cell or hypertrophy uh, growth of the muscle. It allows cattle to shift those daily calories from developing or depositing fat and shift it more to a lean protein deposition, which is again, more efficient for those animals late in the feeding period. Optiflex has been rigorously tested for human, animal, and environmental safety and is approved by uh, the FDA. Uh, but again, cattle are fed Optiflex near the end of the finishing period when cattle are depositing more fat and growing less efficiently. Well, what's the approved recommended dose level for Optiflex in cattle? Yeah, Optiflex is approved for increased rate of weight gain, improved feed efficiency, and increased carcass leanness uh, in cattle fed in confinement for slaughter. So again, right prior to their departure from the feedlot. Optiflex has been administered to cattle with dose ranges from 70 to 430 milligrams for that last 28 to 42 days. And Based on a number of research trials, uh, we're looking at Optiflex being recommended by Alanco at the 300 milligram uh, daily dose level. And this is typically fed targeting closer to the 28 and 35 days prior to harvest or prior to slaughter to get optimum net return for both beef steers and heifers, as well as dairy beef breeds in the feedlot segment. How many days should I feed Optiflex? Optiflex is approved for feeding that last four to six weeks or 28 to 42 days of the finishing period. Based on a number of research trials that Elenco's conducted, um, again, 300 milligrams is our uh, dose of choice or recommended dose for that last 28 to 35 days. And the reason why we had that range there is because that optimum depends on the cattle gender, 
or the method those cattle are sold, whether it's on a live body weight basis or on a dressed or carcass weight basis. And again, this is to help capture the most return based on those two durations. It is important to note that the optimal feeding duration for Optiflex is dependent on cattle type, breed type, and genetics and so forth. Um, and again, your marketing strategy, whether you're selling live or on a carcass weight basis. And again, based on current cattle prices. So the value of those added pounds can be worth more as fed cattle prices are higher. So work with your feed mill nutritionist and Alenco representative to help identify the optimal feeding duration of Optiflex for your customer or operation. Uh, Alenco has a number of resources looking at uh, helping you with that timing of that from an economic standpoint. The Optimizer, Optiflex Optimizer is one example of those. We can show you the added benefit and net return of Optiflex across the feeding duration from 28 to 42 days. And another resource called Optiflex Market Alert um, that we utilize Chicago Board of Trade or futures pricing to look at both uh, the value of Optiflex at fed at 28, 35, or 42 days uh, based off of current and futures prices uh, that will be utilized in the coming weeks and months. Uh, for a producer, again, to evaluate the potential outcomes and how they might impact bottom line uh, when feeding Optiflex. What improvements can cattle feeders expect with feeding Optiflex? Yeah, Optiflex is responses dose dependent. Um, so we've done, again, a number of studies looking at this response in both steers and heifers. So the expected performance response is based off of 32 studies or about 26,000 head of research cattle on the beef steer side, as well as about 16 trials on the heifer side in this comprehensive or meta-analysis. So the beef steers, uh, again, when they're fed 300 milligrams per day, uh, we might expect about a 22-pound live weight response over those that are not fed Optiflex or beta agonist. And on the carcass weight side, we expect about a 20-pound hot carcass weight response over the control cattle or those not fed Optiflex. On the heifers uh, side, we expect about 18 pounds of added live weight and or 14 pounds of more carcass weight in those heifers. So this allows producers to finish strong and have more sellable pounds, uh, or in some cases, we can actually finish at similar weights and shave a few days off, you know, feeding less, seven to 10 days less to get to that same added weight. What are the other carcass risks or, or benefits? Optiflex um, does add gain while maintaining an animal's ability to grade. Uh, and this is referring to the USDA quality grade, meaning choice or better. Optiflex cattle have the improved dressing percent. And so that's, again, the ratio of the live weight or carcass weight relative to live weight or the yield of that animal, especially if they're selling on a carcass weight basis, can be a, a great benefit. We mentioned some of the mode of action of Optiflex, how we increase protein uh, muscle mass, if you will. And so we've seen larger ribeye areas. And this can also cause some overall shifts in yield grade or the relative carcass leanness, uh, where we see that Optiplex cattle have a few more premiums associated with those leaner cattle at yield grade one and two, and a few less discounts on fatter cattle uh, from those cattle that would have graded yield grade four and fives. So some slight shifts in those uh, towards more leanness from a yield grade perspective. Um, we do see minimal changes in marbling or the quality grade distributions. Uh, again, the manager, percentage of cattle grading choice in prime. Uh, when Alenco first introduced this product back in 2003, um, we did a number of studies looking at uh, meat quality, eating quality of beef, as well as some of these carcass traits that we talked about. Uh, and we were the first, first animal health company to bring beta agonists to the marketplace for cattle, uh, as well as swine and, and turkeys as well. 
But since this time, uh, this last 15 years, Optiplex has been approved and used in the industry. We've taken U.S. averages for choice and prime grading cattle from around 65% uh, in you know, 15 years ago to now seeing some improvements where we're seeing cattle grading at a higher level up at or above 80% choice and prime. So we've been able to implement new technologies like this and, and not see any detriment uh, from a consumer perspective, as well as quality grades throughout the industry. Does Optiflex have the same effect on different breed types and marketing weights? Yeah, we've been able to do some research in that area too as well. Um, a number of research trials looking at a wide variety of genotypes. Um, those range from crossbreds or English or Continental or Boss Indicus, as well as dairy beef breeds such as Holsteins. And so from those, we've done some of those studies even within a trial to look at performances across those breed types and have not seen any differences uh, in the response of Optiflex across those different breed types. So we've seen consistency across uh, in response based on those, on those different breed types. Uh, on the market weight side, a number of those trials have done that we've done over the years have looked at uh, a summary of outweights or finishing weights that would be representative of the industry, anywhere from 1,150 pounds up and over 1,400 pounds. And again, I've seen a similar response, uh, the expected response from Optiflex at either a lighter or heavier weights. And so we're, you feel representative that the cattle that we use, uh, cattle that are fed Optiflex, whether it's breed type or different outweights, we're going to see a positive response from this product. How should I decide when to start feeding Optiflex? To my cattle. Again, we're looking at that last four to six weeks on feed. So most feedion of uh, or a forecast of the total days on feed an animal might uh, be in the feed yard, based off some selection criteria when they arrive at the feed yard. Um, so we'll look at projection based off of their starting weight, or their um, genetics. You know, previous previous health and nutrition might be examples of things that would be used for prediction. And so again, we're trying to target that last twenty-eight to forty-two days where we start feeding Optiflex. And so we're going to look at previous history on, on some of these cattle in terms of previous performance that we might expect. Uh, we're going to mix in some visual appraisal. Are those cattle performing as we projected or not? Are they performing better or worse than our projection? So a lot of times we'll get a chance to look at that, um, an interim weight um, at re-implant, which might be two and three months prior to our projected out, our finish or final weight. Um, so we're going to look at trying to feed or look at um, those animals visually at reimplant, which might be 60 to 90 days prior to harvest. And then we're going to start back calculating to verify if that 28 to 42 days is, is still on track and on target. So we're going to look at um, consulting with visual appraisal, previous history of those cattle, and confirm market timing based on some of those spot checks or interim, interim weights. Uh, and then we're going to consult with our nutritionists to determine which pins are going to be eligible and make sure that we get the most out of those cattle by timing Optiflex accordingly. Feedlot health, performance, and market timing remain key success factors amongst uh, cattle profitability. Feeding cattle to heavier weights and longer days on feed offer challenges with feed efficiency, composition of gain, and economics. Utilizing all the nutritional tools available keeps profitability in range. I'd like to thank you, Dr. Nathan Pyatt from Elanco Animal Health for joining us today and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.